0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. And welcome aboard. My name is Adam Ritz. It is The Adam Ritz Show. Jay Baker on the phone with me, as always. Jay, how's it going?
1: It is going well, Adam. I'm looking forward to another award-winning show.
0: Happy August! We have flipped the calendar uh, once again, and uh, I want to talk about a, a holiday—one of those fake holidays. You know how there's always the National Blank Day, and it's yeah. Uh, who thought of this? When? Why? Are they, how long have we been doing this? Is this really just another reason to uh, buy <laughs> a bunch of merchandise and a, and a card? Uh, do we really need this holiday? This, here's a holiday I, I stumbled across that I think that you might even celebrate. Every I'm looking forward to it. Every August first is Doggist. That's what they call it. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. Yeah. And now you have a, res- a rescue dog, is right? Yes, we have a rescue dog, and
1: we do urge people that you know if you're going to add a. F- you know fur baby to your life uh that you know that you should get a shelter pet if you can because they need your help
0: so August is uh a term referring to the entire month of august uh as national pet adoption month uh right and it's just i love the marketing because it rhymes August, august and they've uh designated august one as the, the day to celebrate your a birthday with, with your dog that you've adopted that you don't actually know when their birthday is. So I know a lot of uh, dog people, cat people, you know exactly when your pet was oh, born. Yes. And it's big business to go. There's dog cafes now. You can get a, bir- a birthday cake <laughs> made for your dog and celebrate your dog's birthday on its actual birthday. Well, if you have a Uh, A rescue pet like Jay does, you don't know when the birthday was, usually. so we just um, guessed, yeah. So since 2008, this is a real thing. It takes place every August 1st. It's called Doggist. It's the nationwide celebration for dogs whose birthdays are unknown. It has been a national holiday since 2008 when the staff at North Shore Animal League America of New York set out to ensure that even dogs without an official birthday still get their own special day. So do you know when your dog's birthday is?
1: No, we do not. And we kind of gave her an arbitrary day. But now that I know this is official, we're going to switch it to August 1st.
0: Well, what's your arbitrary day? Maybe that's a better thing. Excuse me.
1: Uh, Well, we did it because uh, we have a really good family friend. That's her birthday. So that way we'll say (laughs) when it's her birthday, we'll know it's the dog's birthday. (laughs) <laughs> and our dog doesn't care because every day is fun day for her. So, you know,
0: <laughs> Well, maybe now she can have uh, two birthdays, the the day you've arbitrarily yeah. assigned and then uh, August 1st, known as Doggist as well. Uh, well,
1: and I was going to tell you quickly, uh, you know, this obviously your results may vary, but many animal shelters are reporting near record uh, levels of dogs because uh, as uh, the pandemic wound down and as people got more busy uh, and uh, people are relocating and things of that nature, uh, more pets have been surrendered. So really the need to uh, bring this to light is very important. So if you've ever been inclined to add a, a pet, you uh, to your family, this is a great time to do it. You will really be helping a dog out,
0: and you, you, you're helping them get their forever home. These are some dog oh, terms yeah. I've I've come across. Uh, forever home spelled F-U-R like dog fur. So, yeah. so you have a, a forever home for your dog. What's your dog's name?
1: Uh, my dog's name is Harper, Harper, and she has her own podcast, and uh, <laughs> she. <laughs> She knows uh, in the morning I record stuff for the radio station, and she h- trundles down to the walk-in closet, and she's ready. So she's, she's a very busy girl.
0: That is great. Um, <laughs> well, as we wrap up uh, this discussion of, uh, of dog adoption and the importance of it as we celebrate Dogist, here are a few ideas from the experts on how you can help your local shelter. Uh, and celebrate Doggist. The first and foremost and obvious one is adopt a dog. Go ahead and uh, become a a foster parent. Create a forever home for a dog. Uh, You can make a monetary donation. Many shelters have set up special fundraisers for Doggist. You can donate supplies like food and toys. During uh, this time, many shelters have contactless drop-offs as well. You can become a volunteer at the shelter. You can ask if you can drop off a doggy birthday cake or pup cakes or other party supplies for the dogs that they have that they're going to celebrate Doggist with in their uh, shelter. Uh, You can ask if there's any... else the shelter needs for their other animals like cats bunnies uh which are not always included in the dog uh the doggest festivities
1: (laughs) yes they get excluded if you're a bunny
0: yes uh that's so so if you're like wait a minute i was gonna adopt a bunny this month but now you're telling me i can't because it's doggest no 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 you can go ahead (laughs) yes please do please help uh yeah so check out your local uh animal shelters and help them uh uh, navigate the uh, the waters uh, and help celebrate Doggus. So happy Dawgust, Jay Baker. Uh, the month has shifted. It is August. Uh, Dawgust in the Baker home for you and Harper. Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you very much. Yes, we're entering the heart of summer, and we have some very interesting things, as we always do here on the Adam Rich Show. Here's something interesting. Now, if you have an older light bulb, Adam, you might be an outlaw. Because officially, now, Americans will only be able to buy, this is when you buy a new light bulb, that you'll only be able to buy LED lights from retailers.
0: Wow. I know a lot of old school school people have been hoarding them for years, fearing this day. Well, here's what was funny. Uh, They went to the
1: sort of modified neon light That uses a lot less energy. You know, it's the I call them the curly Q light bulbs. You've undoubtedly seen dozens of them. The the bad thing about those bulbs were the style of light that they gave off. Combined with the fact that, frankly, once one of those burned out, a lot of them had high levels of mercury as part of the manufacture of those bulbs. So, you really felt horrible throwing those out because, obviously, they then went into the landfills. Believe it or not, LED lights are very cool. They have better control over the amount of light they emit. They also are much cooler, so you can put them uh, in a lamp, an older lamp, and not worry that the lamp's going to catch on fire. And they use significantly less energy. So even if you have some resistance, LED bulbs are absolutely great. And I don't know if you've bumped into any of this. Uh, We moved uh, about a year and a half ago or about two years ago, and I got up to speed really quickly on bulbs because, we replace the lamps in our house, the overhead lights in our house. So I got a crash course in light bulbs, my friend.
0: Yeah, I you know I I redid the um, uh, some overhead lights in in my house uh, a few years ago, and uh, and I will say that there's an old school, there's an old man in me, the get off my lawn guy in me was upset <laughs> that I couldn't have my old light bulb because of the the warm glow of of an old light bulb. Uh, yes, and the I hate, incandescent I, glow, yes. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it's it's a yellow glow, but it's, it's a warm glow. And so I bought a, a box of these new light bulbs. You know, I'm pitching in, let's save the planet, these new LED lights, uh, better for the environment. I bought a box and put them in all these new lights I have in the ceiling. And they are terribly harsh. They are this bright, ah. they're almost... Uh, they, they almost emit a bluish harsh bright light the kind of light that that i would remember when i was in shop class in seventh grade just this really yeah. Yeah, like a shop class hospital b- brightness that i didn't that was cold it wasn't w- a warm glow and uh if you're like me and you are fighting that um here's the good news When I went back to my uh, box store uh, and was looking at light bulbs at a later date, I noticed uh, they had another kind of light, same light, LED light, but it was actually called Warm Glow. Yes. And so I didn't it emulates
1: know. the old incandescent. Yeah, yes.
0: absolutely. So I bought a box of those, replaced the lights. I'm happy now. So there's that. Well, there that you old go. Warm that's glow. the moral all
1: that story. And, yeah. and
0: I've kept the those super bright cold ones. I kept it in the garage and in the uh, the laundry room because that's right. that's where you want the super bright light so you can see the stain on on your shirt that you're trying to get out in the laundry room. I, I don't need. I don't Whoa. want that in in the bedroom or my family room. Uh, So just for the old-school get-off-my-lawn people out there that are mad that the old light bulbs are gone, uh, they've created the new LED light bulb to give off that warm glow as well. Good news
1: adam i call it the light bulb game and all you need to do to be informed is learn the game as adam said there really is something to it and the reason why they learn the game it's all kinds of stuff like lumens and uh, temperature light and all that kind of stuff the great news is it's exactly what adam said these big box retailers they will definitely get you dialed in so if you uh run into a store that has incandescent lights they might really be being outlaws because any manufacturer who violates the ban on incandescent lighting faces a max penalty of 542 dollars per illegal light bulb now i don't know i don't know who enforces that can you imagine uh sir light bulb police put the bulb down and step back from this counter
0: Oh my goodness I, I just envision light bulb police you know, you know in the south uh off the highway through Alabama there are you know uh, illegal firework stores right off the exit oh, yeah? I, I'm just envisioning now uh, light bulb stores <laughs> right off the exit as you drive through you're Mississippi
1: gonna, <laughs> You're going to just drive down the road you see black cats And right under, in big letters, light bulbs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Flamethrowers, bottle rockets, and light bulbs. Oh, right. So I just
1: thought that was interesting that they are literally illegal. You know, we, we chuckle a little bit about that. Speaking of illegal, and we love to bring this to your attention because I think this is helpful because there's so many people out there that are trying to... Uh, divest people of their money in scams, but in a rare move, Amazon is warning customers about scams related to Amazon. And the reason why they have sorta upped their urgency in letting customers know is because there's brand new schemes every day and uh, they are talking about uh, scams where uh, customers are, it involves phone calls, texts, and emails so they're really kind of hitting you like in every possible spot
0: we've covered this with with the scams with the email and the text because we've gotten them yeah i've gotten them and i'm telling you there's there's a bit of panic that sets in when you get a text message that says your amazon account has been uh, disabled click this link to learn right. more I, I mean i'm not even that addicted to amazon but occasionally, I the ease of just pressing the button and a day later it's on my front porch, I can understand how if some people are truly addicted to their Amazon account, if they got that message that their account has been disabled, click here for more info, they're gonna click the link. For, for yes, sure, and absolutely. maybe even send an extra check or their bank routing number to to get their Amazon account back up and running. So no, that,
1: you're absolutely correct about that.
0: We've been on this. I, it's so great to hear that Amazon themselves is now on this and warning their customers to watch out for these scams. Uh, yeah they they don't uh, they don't need to lose any customers. They've become the empire. So I'm glad that they're on board with warning people about these scams.
1: Yeah, they basically are saying that. Uh, as Amazon, as a company, will never ask you to provide payment information for products or services over the phone. So, like Adam said, you know, the very common thing is they get you on the phone and go, hey, by the way, uh, your Prime membership, uh, we're seeing some discrepancy. Could you give us your payment information? And you might innocently provide it because you're thinking, man, I don't want to do without Prime. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, their official statement Uh, is something like, We will never ask for your routing number. We will only ask for you to continue buying crap.
1: Absolutely. All Amazon. Here's what I've always told people that ask me about this because, you know, this is uh, something that I've learned from doing the show with you a lot about scams and how they work. And I always tell people, I go, Do you think any company wants to interfere at all? With you spending money with them, no, they're not saying uh, confirm anything. They're just going, "Do you want more?" And they go, "That's a great point." I said, "You know, so if they're marketing to buy more, that's them. Mm-hmm. If they're saying confirm your account, that's someone else." <laughs>
0: that's right. That's
1: right. now. Here's what the experts say, Adam. To remember these four things to avoid becoming a victim: use trusted platforms only never pay over the phone. If there is urgency, then ignore it and verify links. So I think that never pay over the phone thing makes a great deal of sense because obviously uh, a valued retailer like Amazon, they have a very secure server. And you and I know that if you have You know the good fortune in life to have uh, credit and things of that nature. Most credit card companies have protection against credit card fraud. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's capped usually at 50 to $75, depending on the card. So you can use that card with confidence on the Amazon website, but just don't answer anything on the phone because you will not be asked to confirm anything on the phone.
0: I would throw on there as well, if you ever get contacted, And you do actually think it's it's legit or could be legit? Hang up or reach out to them on your own. Make it a one way street out. Um, You know, I had this uh, situation last year. My bank called me uh, with a question. I knew I didn't think it was a scam. I knew it was my bank, but I told the lady, I said, "I'm going to not answer any of these questions right now. I'm going to call you." And she said, "I, "I totally understand. Okay, thank you." I mean she this was a, this was a common response she got um i, I may i maybe there was a one in a hundred chance it was a scammer trying to get me and i just saved myself and it was it was nothing it put me out eight seconds for me to go look on the back of my card get the 1-800 number and for me to call them
1: right uh isn't that a very common question what is your pet's maiden name
0: uh what when do you celebrate august <laughs> That's my. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's,
1: that's the uh, question. My yes, security question. Your identity. Can you tell yeah, me absolutely. what dogist means to you? <laughs> oh well, Adam. You know it's rapidly approaching, and I don't want to get too excited. I. You know, we've always said, you know, uh, to be a responsible broadcaster, you say, don't push your agenda onto your listeners. But I got to tell you, I love college football and you and I love talking a little bit about college football and it is part and parcel of our society. So I will tell you that I feel like we're doing a public service when I tell you that the NCAA football regular season will start on August 26th. When Notre Dame faces Navy, and they're going to do it in Dublin,
0: Ireland, that's pretty exciting. That that is exciting Um, to see the Fighting Irish in Ireland. Yeah, that's isn't that great. Yeah, I don't. You know, I know Navy has uh, had some success against Notre Dame lately, uh, but I'm hoping that's a good game. You know, if Notre Dame has built their program back to where it. Could or should be, and Navy just has an average year. I mean that that game could be a snooze fest. That could be fifty to to nothing by halftime. What what is your prediction here?
1: Well, uh, I think you raise a great point. We've seen great Notre Dame teams, and then Notre Dame teams where you go, dude, you just got beat by Navy in your first game. So
0: didn't Marshall beat Navy, or I'm sorry, Marshall beat Notre Dame last year at Notre Dame.
1: Oh, there was a game, yes, Uh, that was a real yeah a real stinker for notre dame and you feel bad you know they still have the largest fan base uh, of any collegiate program
0: i believe it i see a notre dame hat wherever i go
1: absolutely everyone loves the fighting irish so they are the ones that get to be the fighting irish in dublin now uh espn senior editor chris lowe has ranked which teams have got it easy, and which teams have it hard? I know you and I spoke. Uh, I think it might have been last year, and you were saying that experts felt like Purdue football in the Big Ten had one of the easier schedules. Was that last year?
0: yep, that that's true. That was last year. Uh, Purdue did not play Michigan or Ohio State on the on the regular season. And uh, they had some stinkers on the on the list. So, uh, and I know Didn't this. I, in a bowl game I, in bowl all, all uh, transparency, I am a Purdue Boilermaker, so I do I follow Purdue sports. Um, yeah, they went to the uh, the Big Ten championship game, uh, played Michigan and lost, and then they went to a a decent bowl and lost big against LSU. But I blame the fact that all of our NFL draft picks refused to play in the game, so we had our you know our our B team out there getting pummeled by LSU.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know it was funny you said that. I am kind of a purist in the college football world and I have felt for many of these schools that once they get into postseason play, uh, they're not playing oftentimes with their entire lineup because of the NFL draft. But you and I know the NFL's so tough you you go, Well, I guess I see part of it, you know. I'm just disappointed for the fans because you're absolutely right. You are a Purdue Boilermaker, and you will watch the game. Uh, Even if I wrestled you to the ground and sat on your chest, you'd still reach for the remote, Adam.
0: Well, I I watched the game, and I enjoyed what I could. But uh, yeah, as a fan, uh, it wasn't very fun to watch what could have been a great game be just a, a lopsided massacre. And I would always argue, you know, like you said, I get that these uh, these kids want to remain healthy for the NFL draft, so that's why they don't play in their bowl game. But I would argue it's your last chance to show your future bosses what you are worth. So I think yes. if, if you had a great bowl game, then you, you just up your draft status and made more money. So, And I think a few of these Boilermakers that didn't play in the game didn't even get drafted. So... I don't know what their what their goal was. They, they didn't reach the NFL if that was their goal. They should have played in the game. Right. Maybe if they had a good game, they would have got drafted.
1: Well, that's that catch-22 of it all, isn't it? Now, according to ESPN writer Chris Lowe, the toughest overall Power 5 schedule is the Florida Gators this year. So they're going to have the toughest road to a national championship. They must
0: have uh, some some pretty tough pre uh, non-conference games because well, if you yeah, look and at, they're playing uh, the Southeastern Conference that they're in, uh, a lot of teams are going to have a tough uh, tough, tough schedule in that conference because if you you've got to play Alabama and Tennessee yes. and all the others that are so good, Arkansas, um Texas A&M you know the list goes on you throw in a couple strong games non-conference you you are going to have a tough schedule for sure
1: absolutely the easiest overall power five schedule this year is Boston College the toughest power five non-conference schedule goes to the Pitt Panthers I have a buddy who went to Pitt he is an unabashed Pitt fan he is uh He he has no perspective, as I like to say.
0: (laughs) He's completely blind to sports reality.
1: Yeah. The best part of this is not that I want to pick on the Pitt Panthers. I don't. I have no horse in the game. However, he will not be happy because Pitt, if they've got the toughest Power Five non-conference schedule, then they've got their schedule. What's going to
0: happen to those fellows? It might not be a bull year. Uh, might not. uh you you say Pitt Panthers football to me I it's Dan Marino and Tony Dorsett two of the biggest yeah. names that have ever played in the NFL went to Pitt so maybe it's coming around for them I know they were ranked a little bit last year maybe they're going to be strong this year I don't know
1: Well, you and I know that there are certain states that are powerhouses for high school sports. And so obviously it lends itself well to the collegiate game. But Ohio and Pittsburgh, along with Texas and Florida, those are the high school football meccas. For sure. And that's why Pitt is tough, because they get a bunch of kids from Pennsylvania that don't necessarily get drafted by a Big Ten team. Well drafted, uh they get uh what's the phrase? I'm using drafted as in the Uh, NFL. Recruited.
0: Recruited. There we go.
1: I gotta be careful.
0: You know, they're they're getting paid now, so maybe you can call it drafted. Yeah.
1: Yeah they can't. Yeah, like so technically they are being drafted. The easiest power five non conference schedule goes to the Michigan Wolverines and we don't want to give them any more encouragement. As we know, their coach is a, a pompous uh, horse's behind, and he'll he'll merely just get a swelled head. So we got to be careful.
0: You're not a Jim Harbaugh fan? Oh, now come on! Um, I will you know s- me. I will say though, um, and this is a great public affairs angle when you start talking about college football, uh, and a lot of people dislike Jim Harbaugh, the uh, head coach of Michigan. He has done some amazing charitable uh foundation-based acts and he's, I
1: bet he has, And yes. he doesn't
0: he doesn't do it for uh for high fives or pats on the back. He I think just last year he like rescued somebody from a burning vehicle. Just driving wow. by, like he stopped his car and pulled somebody out of a burning car and saved their life. So the next time uh mr baker you want to bad mouth jim harbaugh <laughs> you're right you you better hope uh, he's driving by when you're in a car fire because he's gonna say well, he's super jim
1: <laughs> i will tell you that you are correct i can stand corrected on this and as somebody always pointed out to me look his mom loves him okay so don't forget that there are people that think very highly of is him.
0: is nick saban just going to keep driving by and watch the car fire or is he going to stop and pull a body out of it?
1: I, I don't know. Nick's going to Nick's going to uh, let the athletic director know that he should come out and save the people in the burning car.
0: Nick might text his assistant and say, "You need to go save somebody's life for me."
1: He might absolutely.
0: No, we well, love Nick Saban. He'd he'd help. He'd I do love he, Nick Saban. He's absolutely. a very charitable, uh, hospitable guy. He is.
1: Yeah, those guys are pretty amazing. When you like you said, they have used their. Uh, you know they've hit the lottery of life by being a head coach of these teams they're paid handsomely but you're right they give uh highly in their you know in their neighborhoods in their communities and everything Mm -hmm. so you're right hats off to those coaches uh i will leave you with our final item adam you might feel a little tired at work and part of it might be because you like to hit the snooze button now are you a snooze button guy or are you a jump out of bed guy
0: i i'm a snooze button guy uh, for sure well there's
1: a scientist adam and he's giving us scientific proof why hitting the snooze button is not a good idea it's about sleep inertia now have you heard of sleep inertia
0: no i have not
1: well let me tell you what it is now see when you reach over to hit the snooze alarm you're awake. Uh Then you get an opportunity to fall back asleep. Your brain starts a brand new sleep cycle, but a sleep cycle typically lasts from 75 to 90 minutes, depending on the way your snooze is set up. Then your snooze hits you up again, seven to 10 minutes later. Mm -hmm. And it thinks, wow, I was in the middle of a very deep sleep. So that's what sleep inertia is all about. You never get into the right cycle. It gets interrupted by the snooze.
0: What is your personal record for the amount of times you've hit the snooze button?
1: <laughs> it's so funny. When I first started in radio, I had the worst hours ever. <laughs> I think at one point I hit the snooze button, no exaggeration, six or seven times. And then was, of course, late for work.
0: Well, that's, that's not that It's
1: guaranteed bad. that you'll be late for
0: work if you hit it that yeah, many times. I, I would say my personal record, I, I was going to say eight or nine times. Wow, and that is—it's so the- basically ever. I think snooze on average. It's a universal. I don't know why, but it, the snooze button on every clock I've ever had has been nine minutes. So somebody, minutes, okay. somebody in a in a clock office somewhere years ago decided that the period would be nine minutes from from the time your alarm goes off to the time it goes off again when you press a button called snooze, and so that means. Uh, I woke up and actually didn't get out of bed till about eighty or ninety minutes later.
1: <laughs> Don't
0: you love for an that? hour and a half? It's a
1: full hour and a half. It's an
0: hour and a half. I'm pressing this button. <laughs> just, just, I should have just.
1: Like, you're like a guy in a study. Every time you hear a sound, you hit the snooze button. All right.
0: Yeah, it's just
1: you're in a psychological study.
0: I just sit up, eat a piece of candy, and lay back down. Um, And I would have been now, according to your scientist, my sleep inertia, my sleep inertia was interrupted to my detriment. I would have been better off just getting up an hour and a half after I wanted to get up. Right. Okay. The
1: key to success in life is sleep inertia.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say the key is to sleep in. If you take anything from this show, just sleep in. There's your public affairs Absolutely for the week. Right. Jay Baker, very cool. Thank you so much for joining us. All of our listeners can't do it without you. And if you'd like to hear this show or any of our other shows in podcast form, they're on the website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.